Okay, t tell me if this is right. Tell me if this is right. Okay. I just saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Okay. I think I've got it figured out. Okay. I think, Simone, your tails. Hmm. Mm. As much as I want to be Sonic, I think I'm Knuckles, <gasps> and I think Christina is Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, I think my God. that's the formula of our show. I think I see it. I see it. <laughs> I mean, we all want to be Sonic, obviously, but we can't. We I, can't all be Sonic. I, I like a good fight. I'm just going to own it. So. And I'm kind of a sycophant. I'll be God. real. But you always have those gadgets, like call recorder, that save the day. <laughs> was, yeah, Tails, they would be in the middle of recording a podcast and they'd be like, wait, how are we going to sing it? And Tails would be like, don't worry, guys. I've been recording on call recorder the whole time. That's not right. what Tails sounds like. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but that's totally exactly what it would be. And, and I'm kind of an <laughs> So this, yeah. Sonic this would freaking swear within the first like minute of my show. Talking, constant jokes. Constant. Just constant. That's what I was thinking with you, Christina. <laughs> in the best way possible. Every I love Sonic, right? He's great. Yes. Welcome to Rocket Accelerated <laughs> Geek Conversation. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Pocket Casts, CrowdStrike, and Electric. I'm Simone DeRochefort, Senior Video Producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, Executive Director of Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, Senior Developer Advocate at GitHub. How are we doing this week? Feeling <laughs> feeling a need for speed? <laughs> How 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 is Jim Carrey and um, Sonic Two? That's our dessert. You can't spoil that okay, for people, I'm Christina. Sorry. I just she just mentioned it. I'm sorry. It's okay, okay. We, you're 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 on the right track. I actually would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, I've survived the gas leak. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you know what though? Not as many people reached out to see if I was alive as I would have liked. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, so what happened <laughs> I, I can't remember how much of it I mentioned on the show last week but I did you know in the middle of the podcast I heard that banging and I was mm -hmm. like okay I gotta go and I emerged and the entire living room was awash with red light from the fire truck outside there were over six I don't know between six and ten very good looking firefighters standing in the lobby of my building being like, <laughs> nice. hey, nice. are you dead in there? <laughs> and they uh, they asked to come in so that they could sniff for gas. And I was like, sure. And, and you're, like, you're like, please come in and sniff all you want. You're yes, like, that's exactly what I said. Exactly. And yet I still only managed to be gone for 10 minutes. Um, They did come in and <laughs> as they were like, you know, all trooping into my living room going, huh? Seems fine. I'm like, I was just recording my podcast. <laughs> and they're like, oh, what's your podcast? <laughs> and I was like, it's Rocket. It's a tech podcast. So any New York fire department, fire departments, firefighters who are new listeners to Rocket, <laughs> don't dox me. <laughs> and thank you for your service. Yes, yes. I genuinely like the 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 New York Fire uh, New York City Fire Department people are the best. I'm I I doubt that any of them are listening. If they are, you should also like give Simone a call, right? Cuz you know. <laughs> what do you mean you doubt that any of them are listening? I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. <sighs> How dare you? 
<laughs> I was wearing my best sweatpants and podcasting t-shirt. I may have even showered that day. I don't remember. I, I'm not saying that they wouldn't want to tune in. Like, I'm not saying that you wouldn't be something that they would want to get to know more. I'm just saying that, like, it'd be much easier to just, like, I don't know, send you a, like, you up text rather wow. than than yeah. listen to the podcast. That's all I'm saying. Maybe they are more interested in my content than my... <sighs> Okay. I think Mike. we should go a different way. I think we should reboot Rocket to be a podcast about fires. And That's fire fair. And, and gas safety. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not know exactly what happened. Uh, what I suspect happened is that somebody had left like a, a gas burner slightly open, not lit, but open, and then realized it was open and turned it off. But the building was already, you know, full of gas. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone is fine as far as I know. They didn't find anything wrong. The Con Ed guy came. There are no actual gas leaks. So that is my story. And I will be able to make it through the whole show tonight without running off to have an emergency. <laughs> and on that note, let's talk about a different kind of emergency, a financial mm. one. Oh, it wasn't my best segue. I'm sorry, everyone. No, the gas that was good. Has affected that was solid. My... I mean, you got to make it fast. You, 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 uh, you, you really were able to quickly segue into that. Is that any better? Oh my God. No. Yes. You okay. Get, <laughs> the startup cut the fintech startup fast shut down this week, uh, putting 450 employees out of a job. Fast was a uh, short-lived, hot-burning digital checkout company that sprang up in the wake of Amazon's patent on one-click checkout expiring. Uh, but Fast launched in 2019, two years after that actually happened and after the initial rush into that space. However, they were still a really notable startup uh, for raising over $100 million in funding, including from the payment company Stripe, more on that later, and also recruiting uh, big names from across the tech industry. They had veterans of Uber, uh, as well as other successful tech startups working at the company in executive positions. Over the last year alone, it reached that like huge employee number, or 450, from under 100 employees. And it had merch. It had all the sort of facets of a company that you might expect to be a bit further along in its lifespan. But Fast apparently wasn't like actually converting that many customers, and the clients that it did get were mostly smaller businesses, while big companies like PayPal and Affirm hoarded the lion's share of that market. According to a report put out by The Information, Fast brought in only $600,000 in revenue oh, last year. And yet it was throwing lavish events, hiring like crazy. Uh, some standout pieces of information from that information piece, haha, are that in uh, 2020, a year after the company's founding, they had built out a podcast studio in their Bay Area office because podcasts are good for content, which is true, um, and also had an on-staff videographer to make promotional videos. Uh, Holland, Dom Holland, the CEO of the company, continually told the employees things like they had a multi-billion dollar sales pipeline um, and they were making offers to musicians like the Chainsmokers to pay, you know, pay them a million dollars to play a conference in New York City and cut a promo video for them. Uh, something that never happened because now the company is defunct. Uh, that af aforementioned $20 million Stripe investment came with the stipulation that Stripe would take a 2.7% cut of fast transactions and fast itself took a 2.9% cut of, you know, the initial transactions. So it was a number that just was continually whittled down. 
Uh, they also unfortunately missed an early 2020 launch window for the product uh, and shipped in September of that year, which uh, was long after most businesses had, businesses had completed their pivot to to online uh, online only shopping. And what's more, NPR reports that fast customers found the product spotty um, and that, you know, much lauded partners of the product didn't or of the uh, tool didn't even use it on all of their products. Meanwhile, <laughs> employees were getting paid trips to Tampa where Fast was supposedly opening a secondary like East Coast office. Um, executives were doing offsites in Hawaii where they were offered surfing lessons. There were events in New York and Colorado, the celebrity endorsements uh, that just didn't with bands like the Chainsmokers that just didn't go through. And all of that collapsed this week as the company abruptly went out of business. Uh, great quote from the CEO, Dom Holland. He said, sometimes trailblazers don't make it all the way to the mountaintop. But even in those situations, they pave a way that all others will follow. A little word of wisdom. Um, one, good, one good note to end this summary on is that Affirm, uh, one of Fast's competitors, has offered to hire all of Fast's out-of-work engineers. But all in all, just... A, a story of startup nearing grift. It's like just it, it crushing grift level confidence. Cr- yeah. No, no, no. I say I was like, I was a like crushing incompetence. Crushing incompetence. Gotcha. Ooh, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I I think I have a kind of a different take on this. Um, did did either of you see the uh, the the thread that went viral a few months ago uh, from the Bolt CEO about the yes. Stripe Mafia and how that kind of affected his business? Tell me. So yes. to just kind of catch you up, like Bolt is a startup very much in this exact same space, right? And um, the the CEO of the company had a really viral thread on Twitter um, to sum it up briefly, basically talking about how he had a really great uh, business plan, he had a great product, and just couldn't figure out why uh, he couldn't get Silicon Valley uh, investors to uh, invest in his company. And what he grew to realize is that Stripe, uh, the payment process, Processor uh, was a really, 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 really powerful um, force in who got funded and who did not in Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, we build all these products, and basically they would kind of arrange things behind the scenes, uh, allegedly according to this Twitter thread, uh, to any. Um, Anything that was basically would funnel and make Stripe money was something they would look seriously at funding. And anything that would threaten that is something that people would walk a bit away from. So when I was reading this story, the 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 stat that really stuck out to me is uh, you know, Stripe takes a, sorry, a, a fast uh, entire cut of the payment is 2.9%, of which Stripe takes 2.7%. And I was just thinking how impossible it must be with that kind of cut being taken to innovate on that product or make a fair amount of revenue. I mean, how are you supposed to go? Like people don't, I don't care who my payment processor is, right? Like if it's Apple Pay mm-hmm. or PayPal, I'll click whichever button is just, you know, secure and fast. But, you know, someone's getting a cut at that. It's it's a very fungible product. So if you can't really innovate on, you know, the price or anything like that, how are you supposed to have a, a functional business model? Yeah, no, I mean, 
That's true. And I think, you know, you have to read the the, the bolt thread, especially now. Um, it's obviously, you know, it was coming after they were, were had, had started to be more successful and and had found a way in. And he obviously was was going kind of for the jugular a bit, which, look, I, I appreciate. But I also feel like that is going to be coming from a pretty biased place. So I don't know how true or untrue his accusations are. The totally Carlson fair. brothers are, yes, very connected. Uh, you know, Stripe was, was famously backed from Y Combinator. I think some of his accusations in that thread about, like, the overstated the impact that, that Stripe has. But but certainly, I can understand how it would be hard to go against the company that 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 is that is backed by, you know, like, your almost direct competitor who, who is backed by, like, the big payment giant. I get that. Having said that, I don't care how tight your margins are and what else you're doing. If you are only doing $600,000 in revenue, and to be clear, that's not net profit, that's revenue. So that, that right. should include mm-hmm. whatever um, fees that, that Stripe is, is taking. $600,000 in revenue, when you have 450 employees, that is abysmal. Yeah. That is that, that that is incompetence on a level that I can't even begin to quantify. Like that is, that is I'm not sure, it, and you're spending $10 million a month, um, um, and most of it on, on, on payroll. Like I just genuinely, I do not understand mm-hmm. how you can have a team that is that large making that small amount of money. Like, like, especially, in, in, oh, sorry, go on. No, no, I was just going to say like, if your goal, I'm not, and again, we're talking revenue figures. So we're not even talking about like, like profits. Like you could be losing money, right? Like, like we work, say what you will. And I, I've said a lot of stuff about Adam Newman. I, but I've always kind of admired his grift, so to speak. And they were always pretty upfront about what they were doing. They had real revenue. Now, were they losing tons of money? Yes, they were, but they actually had customers. Fast didn't have any customers. That is the problem. And I, I think for me, what what's really interesting about it is that if all of these big marketing tactics that they had done worked, it would have worked. We wouldn't be talking about this today. But the the expenditures like having an on having a podcast studio and a videographer, like those are things that you just don't need. You don't need to have those things because there are whole freelance industries devoted to providing right. those services. You do not need a, a to and, and you don't need it them. at the stage. Yeah, you, you don't, don't need and, it at the you stage. You don't need it at the stage because at the stage that you're at, you can you can do the splashy marketing thing, which is evidently, I guess it seems from this from the reporting I've read on this that Dom Holland was trying to make this work through mostly splashy marketing and a very little bit of making a product, <laughs> right. if I can say that. Um, but you really don't need to hire people to be on staff to do those things, because that is what is expensive, is having that headcount. And I think in the information piece, they said that there was a day when they brought on 25 new employees in one day for a company that was founded in in 2019 and had barely had any customers. And that's nuts to me. And that's, I, th- I think, where the incompetence or a lack of understanding of startup priorities comes in. And I just wonder like how all these veterans from other companies, like from, from Uber and I can't remember what the other one was um, like, it, it just doesn't make sense to me that those, these decisions could get past all of these smart people. 
I mean, at the end of the day here, what did they need? They needed developers to implement their API, right? Mm -hmm. And they needed buy-in from customers. And they needed to do it before September of 2020. Yeah, right. I you've got to get those two things done. And I, I agree with you. I I think what I'm saying here is, you know, and Christina, I completely agree with your point that it was more structural than that. I, I'm saying that like Stripe came in and they're funding this and helping them raise an inordinate amount of money, mm-hmm. right? Because it is an investment that ties into their fundamental product and, you know, the 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 games that they're playing with bolts, like, you know, to crush a competitor, all of that. I, I'm saying considering all of that, you also have here a fundamentally flawed business model, right? Like oh, yeah. Apple, like Apple and Google Pay are, are like do this like really functionally, right? Mm-hmm. Like I enter it in on my device, it's safe. You know, I trust Apple, like my credit card is all local. You know, that is is it's just a very different thing. And that's universal function. Like any iOS app is going to be able to implement Apple Pay very, very simply. Mm-hmm. I think if you're trying to go across the entire freaking internet and get people to go, okay, you've got to support PayPal. You've got to support traditional credit card payments. You've got to support Google Pay. You've got to support Apple Pay. And now you've got to support this this new payment system. And you've got to get consumers on board with that. I just think this is, this is one of those things like it's a, it's a, it's a solution in search of a problem, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my thought on this is, and, you know, like, I, I obviously um, uh, am very sad to see uh, people lose their jobs, especially when it does come across as largely incompetence that, that it happened this way. And, and, I, and I wish Bolt success. But my personal opinion is that if you are not a firm uh, which has this, or Klarna, which which are slightly different models because they are uh, kind of one click, but they are um, you know uh, essentially kind of loans. Um, if you are not you know uh, PayPal, which encompasses Braintree, Venmo, all that, or um, uh, Shopify. Uh, Shopify is, is their Shopify's one click is actually massive um, uh, because mm. Shopify is on so many sites. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what you're doing, right? Like I, I don't know why you're competing. I mean, I you could potentially get in in certain emerging markets where they might not have that entrenched thing for some of those things. You could get in locally. But at that point, you're gonna have to invest a lot of money and that becomes a different sort of product again. And and to your point, like you're going against Stripe at the end of the day. Stripe is going to build their own version of this, right? Like, yeah. like ultimately, Stripe is going to and 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 I and I don't I don't feel like anybody would be surprised by that. But the, just because Stripe backed this company is like okay, the Collison brothers gave them twenty million dollars. That's nothing. Stripe invests in a lot of things. Stripe is going to at some point probably have their own one click process. So what's what's the point of of fast? Um, and what you would have to what you would have to have, and I saw absolutely zero proof they actually had this. In fact, most of the, um, uh, I guess, um, analytics of the product itself were fairly negative, would be um, you would have to show that that your solution was, A, actually faster in terms of checking people out um, mm. and, and, and better than what those existing things could be, or that it was just so much easier and um, as simpler to integrate from a developer perspective, which is what made Stripe so good. Stripe has become one of the de facto like gateway places and payments because from the very beginning, 
it was designed specifically for developers to be very easy to integrate, to not have to worry about any of this that they used to have to worry about with, with PayPal and with having to get your own shopping cart and with having to get your own payment processor and having to you know calculate for uh, a, a lot of things like 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 sales taxes and 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 um, you know uh, various other you know uh, fees in other places and and how would you handle various stuff like like Stripe would take care of all of that to the point that that PayPal had to you know buy um, a big Stripe competitor Braintree to bring in a lot of that similar sort of stuff and and um, you know the the incumbents this day still like like Stripe has become one of those big uh, opportunities so if you can't do that like if you can't be of that sort of level of 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 a Stripe um, I, I don't know what you're bothering with because again like Shopify Affirm, Apple Pay, as you mentioned, Brie, you know, Google Pay, all those things, they have one one click options. And and just in addition to that, what's the one thing they can compete on, right? Lowering the merchant fees, lowering their cut, letting the merchant keep mm. more of that. Stripe is basically mobilizing that other area they could innovate in. But go ahead. Sorry. No, no, that's a totally, totally relevant point. And you're right that like larger companies have a huge advantage there. I was just going to say, like, it's, 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 of course, like, it it, it sucks to point at a, a sector and say, like, there's no point in even trying here. The big boys have got it all locked up. But, like, that that seems, it, it, it seems like there's kind of no way around saying that at a certain point yeah. when it comes to tech startups. You know, I mean, I think with something like this, I think that it, if what you should be doing, if you want to take this on, you need to be very deliberate about it. And it's not to say that it's impossible. I, I'm going to say I think it's very difficult. But the way to do it is certainly, in my opinion, not to grow the way that they grew, not to take on the expenditures that they took on, not to have that run rate. And also at the same time to have a product that by, um, again, like everything I'd read from people who used it wasn't actually that fast Mm -hmm. and um, that they'd managed to get such a small number of customers. I mean, that's the biggest thing because if you'd been able to, like, let's say they they could have juiced this and they could have gotten another route of funding if, in, in my opinion, if they had been able to somehow get a bunch of really, really big um, you know, brands, um, uh, maybe, maybe streetwear, maybe, you know, uh, uh, some other sort of like, like fashion, maybe some, something else. They didn't be able to get them to primarily have like fast as like the fast button as their primary kind of checkout, their one click solution. Right. So, so they're not going to mm-hmm. put on the, the, you know, the Apple pay or whatever, like you can still pay that way, but the one click thing they're going to have is the fast button and they're going to try to push everything through fast. If they've been able to do that and they were able to get on something high volume and they were then, then and and they had let's say they were doing you know six hundred million dollars in um in revenue now mm-hmm. let's now they're losing five hundred million whatever but if they're doing six hundred million in revenue that's a very different number that an investor is going to look at yeah. and they might overlook the fact that you have those losses but what I what is to me completely inconceivable like how would you even think you could raise more money especially they were trying to get it at a down round, meaning that, that their valuation would have been lower than it than it than it was originally. But they were still like trying at like an over five hundred million dollar valuation, which is insane. But, How do you think you can get that valuation when you literally have six hundred thousand dollars in revenue? I just I don't get it. And the thing that's I think additionally baffling to me is that these expenditures we're talking about, aside from hiring a a, a lot of people that you don't necessarily need. Uh, so many of these expenditures are internal facing, like hiring the chain smokers for a conference, 
sending executives to Hawaii, giving executives surfing lessons, like instead of, say, buying a Super Bowl ad, like that would be a ridiculous expenditure, but it would be outward facing. It would be making your company look good to people who might invest in it or who might use it. Doing things that just trick your employees into thinking they work for a large company. <laughs> it just it, it it's such a strange thing to spend money on. Like maybe it was good for morale for a while, but even so, in all of these stories, there are employees who are talking to the reporters saying like it kind of seemed weird and like it was a, a house of of cards to me working there. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I really wonder if this is you know this along with you know uh, bad blood and at some point we're gonna have to talk about we crashed uh, the Apple TV series which is I love it so much. Amazing. Definitely watch it. Oh my god, it's, it's the best. Is it, it? It's I'm I'm just gonna say of of the three of them um, that that. The acting on it is, is far and away the best. Yeah, Sorry, Anne Hathaway on. is astonishing. And so is Jared Leto. So, Jared like, Leto's oh, so good. Oh my God, he's, uh, don't want to derail. My, my point is, at some point, I, I really wonder if all these scandals are kind of a referendum on you know, the Silicon Valley model, like this model, which it kind of feels dated, right? Like you mm. hype something up and you just pump tons of money into it. And you've got some charismatic founder, in this case, a skydiver. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> just go spend crazily until you take over the whole market. And Sounds great. <laughs> I don't care what it takes. I mean, maybe, and I, I, I've never grown a billion dollar company, but maybe it makes sense to kind of like develop a core product and get a good base of customers uh, and that's then loser get investors talk. from their own. Yeah. What are you saying? I'm, I'm detecting yeah. loser talk from yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sorry. like that would be nice. It's, it's funny because I've been talking about this with, with, with Kylie Robeson, who is a reporter insider who um, broke a lot of um, these stories. The information got the bulk of like the financial stuff, but, but Kylie um, was able to get some good details from uh, like what was happening in Slack and and what was happening in terms of them trying to kind of shop around where the engineering team could go before all of this happened. And she and I have been talking about this and she kind of had the same thought. A lot of people have had this, oh, well, is this going to be a reckoning? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's just like the movie business. You need a hit. You need one hit. And that's what your entire year or your mm-hmm. entire fund can be hinged on. And yeah. and you you need one. So you you lose out on on the investment you kind of you know fall on your face fine but like you you need that hit i mean i, I think the difference and like apparently there are companies out there like stripe who are just throwing around tens of Absolutely. millions of dollars so yeah it's 100% well again done. because it, it well again cuz if you if you hit it once yeah. right like like you're like okay like like you know um we we talked about you know the um uh uh, uh the SoftBank uh, guy and uh, Masa and he and in kind of like all all the bad financial decisions that that he's made with with Arm and with WeWork and all these things, but the reason he can make all those and why people will let him is because he made a twenty million dollar investment in Alibaba that wound up being worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you have that kind of like that that type of return is, you know, or, or, or imagine, you know, the, the people who put in, you know, like, like 10 million into, um, you know, Instagram and, and we're able to, you know, and then it sells, you know, within, you know, year and a half to Facebook, you know, for a billion dollars and becomes that, like, there are those things where if you can make those sorts of high flying bets where you can, 
that's just what you're after, you know, like. I just, I, I think about your current employer, Christina, I mean, GitHub, I mean, you think about what versioning was like before, you know, GitHub came along and transformed the entire industry, right? Like it's a bootstrapped company, um, you know, I, they didn't even take on investment. I think it was like three or four or five years, something like that. I mean, it was, I mean, to me, that's just, it's a... You have a company that's founded by people that use that kind of product and understand yeah. it and, mm. and build it more slowly. It just it just makes more sense to me. I agree with you. Hit, I mean, hit you're driven. right. You're it, right, but it's also it's yeah. also about the timing, right? Because and it because in fairness, like like you're right, GitHub was bootstrapped. I'm not sure when they first raised funding. It might have been like um like they started in 20, 2008. It might have been 2011 or 2012 when they were first raising some money. But they did definitely raise um you know a a couple hundred million dollars, but by the time, um, you know, it was acquired and, and by the time like they had like, you know, competitors like, like a GitLab who'd raised money. I don't think that for instance, you could do what GitHub did today. I'm just being honest. I don't think, Mm -hmm. I, I think that, I think that the competitive landscape is such that it would be very difficult to get that kind of user base and that sort of entrenched thing without having, um, a, a lot of runway. That's, that's fair. That's fair, because we've kind of gotten the the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. So, This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pocket Casts. How good is the app you're currently using to listen to this very podcast? Does it mix your music and podcasts into one confusing experience? Ugh, does it have all the features you need? Is it thoughtfully designed by people that listen to podcasts each and every day? Well, why not try something new? Pocket Casts is built by podcast listeners, for podcast listeners. No matter how you listen to podcasts, Pocket Casts has you covered. Pocket Casts seamlessly syncs your listening progress across iOS, Android, web, and it supports Amazon Alexa and Sonos smart speakers. With CarPlay, Android Auto, and even Android Automotive support, you can listen in your car as well. You can enjoy the vibrant, constantly updated discovery section too, so that you can find your next podcast with ease. Pocket Casts has Apple Watch support, including offline playback for when you're jogging without your dang phone. Plus, AirPlay and Chromecast support too. Name a device that I haven't named. I, I, I don't don't you tweet at me. It's also fun to check out your listening history and stats. And this is a clever feature. It automatically rewinds podcasts a tiny bit if it's been a while since you listened, so that you can catch up easily. Pocket Casts is, I should mention, completely free to use. Whoa! But as a listener of this show, you get some exclusive benefits. Go to pocketcasts.com slash rocket to download Pocket Casts and redeem a six-month free trial of all the premium features in Pocket Casts Plus. And if you're already a Pocket Cast user but you haven't tried Pocket Cast Plus yet, you too can redeem this offer. I'm, I'm I'm pointing pointing before me where you your spectral form stands. Can you feel it, listener? Go to pocketcast.com/rocket to find out more. That is pocketcasts.com/rocket to find out more. Our thanks to Pocketcasts for their support of this show and Relay FM. Spectral form. <laughs> I'm seeing the listener's spectral form every wait. You're telling me that when you start recording the podcast, you don't see the listeners' spectral forms appear before you in rows upon rows. I guess um, I don't take those, those like some undead army. 
Yeah. Um, wait a minute. This is weird. What if they're not? I just assumed it was the listeners, but what if it's not? <laughs> what if these are different spectral forms? Are are we dead, Christina? And then this is, I, this like, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm like, is this the leftovers? Like, like, right. like, where we're like, what, what, what are we? What's going on? <laughs> hey, you want to talk about MacBooks? Let's yes. do Yes. Yay. So as uh, listeners know, I recently was able to get my hand. As, I, I'm looking at you right now. Sorry. As our non-spectral listeners know, I was recently supplied with a new 2021 MacBook Pro, 16-inch MacBook Pro by my wonderful employer, Vox Media, who saw fit to reward me, an employee, since 2016 with a computer that was not produced in the year 2015 and my life has changed and christina recently has made this transition as well because you just started at github and what did they what did you get for with that okay so all right so i have my personal um 14 inch macbook pro max which i i i you know tricked out and and got all the options on um back in november and then I got a 16-inch um, uh, MacBook Pro uh, from GitHub, which is lovely. But this is what's so. This is sort of annoying. Um, I'm going to be kind of a baby, but, yeah. but not really. Like I'm, I'm so, I'm so grateful. But I want to talk about your experiences because this is really interesting. I think, like, actually, like from a supply chain level, um, employers like, like, like big companies who use, uh, like, uh, I guess, like companies like Zones to, to, you know, um, I guess, like, get a, a large number of devices. It is impossible to get the M1 Maxes right now. Like it is mm. actually like 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 uh, we were looking at like like a four to six month wait time. Oh geez, so they so, they needed to basically rush and get you get you the what the Pro did you say it was? Yes, yeah, so, so I wound up getting the Pro rather than the Max. Yes. So I have the Pro with thirty two gigs of RAM rather than the Max. And I just double checked, and I gigs. also have the Pro uh, with sixteen gigabytes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so so the Maxes are even if you try to buy them from Apple's website, it's like end of May if you want to get the Max right now. Um, so they're having like a, obviously massive supply chain issues. Um, yeah. But but it's it's um, and I talked to other com- other people at other companies too just to see because Zones is used by tons and tons of companies as like a procurement thing. But I think like like Zones is like their main site is like call us uh, if you want to get it. But um, I've talked to other people trying to be like, hey have you been able to source these? No one can. So, uh, yeah, so I have the 16 inch pro now, but I, I just got it. I've been, you know, using my 14 inch for the last couple of months and I love the 16 inch, the screen I, I, I had, I used to have, I had a 15 inch, a, a 2013, 15 inch that I loved. Mm-hmm. I forgot how great that screen size is. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I'm actually curious. I want to talk a little more about the performance differences between your 14 inch and your 16 inch. Uh, but first of all, I'll catch people up on what I've been doing with my laptop. Uh, since I think last time we talked, I had like edited a very, very short video on it. And I was super duper impressed with the battery life. Um, I had been using it for most of a work day, not plugged in. Um, and the battery life continues to really, really impress me. I had uh, a day that I went to the office last week and, you know, I unplugged the computer in the morning when I left the house around nine uh, and I was using it on and off throughout the day, doing things like uploading many, many gigabytes of footage, uh, keeping a script open during a shoot to double check the words, um, sending emails, uh, browsing online. 
And that thing, by the end of the day, you know, af- after 6 p.m. when I left the office, it was still around 50%. And that was incredible, um, especially because, again, like my 2015, I was able to have it unplugged for <laughs> like an hour, maybe, maybe, <laughs> feeling safe leaving it unplugged. Uh, but this week I have been editing um, more videos on it. And I I edited a vlog for my personal channel that I had no problems with. Um, and that was, you know, cutting down quite a lot of footage, um, but mostly just footage of me um, and uh, like still images and stuff, not a lot of graphics work. I this week have been editing a video that's actually much shorter and but has like a lot of gameplay footage in it. And I have been getting playback like pauses in Premiere and difficulties scrubbing through my footage. And I don't know, like the same thing I I would have seen on the old computer where like you Mm -hmm. scrub through a video file and it hangs on the first frame and just kind of like you can hear the audio, but the image isn't moving. Um, And I, I, I need to figure out if that's something, if it's specific to like the footage that I'm using, if I have some weird setting turned on in Premiere, if it is, you know, some kind of cache issue, if it's a, uh, I, I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but it's, it's pretty, it's a little bit disappointing to, to be experiencing a problem like that with my shiny new laptop, which up until now has had zero problems whatsoever. What are Do you, you, what are you shooting in? What kind of resolution? Uh, just nineteen twenty by ten eighty, and yeah, yeah. I, I shot it on the, and the, and honestly, the, the, gameplay footage isn't even that big i don't even think it's 60 fps i'm pretty sure it's also 1920 and 30 fps um yeah so it, it's very confusing that sounds like a settings era or a yeah. transcode issue or something like that could be a transcode issue that's yeah yeah the only thing i was thinking i was thinking it was like you know because adobe loves to update their software all they the time do, which they? is which is honestly annoying because, look, I appreciate that, that you know, uh, it, it's software as a service now and that you get, you know, uh, yearly annual updates or whatever, big features. But also sometimes I'm like, just let it be stable and don't yeah, move let everything me around. In. Yeah, let me, <laughs> let me not have to jeopardize the ability to, like, open a project. <laughs> exactly. So I wonder if it could either be, like, something with transcoding set, set, settings, although that seems weird because it was working fine, or if maybe it's something with an Adobe update. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Listeners, if, if you've had any of these issues or if you know any of these solutions, uh, let Simone know. We should ask uh, we should ask Renee Ritchie and and um, and Snazzy Q and some other people who I know are using M1s on editing if they're running into anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but how has your workflow been going, Christina? Like what kind of things are you doing uh, with the laptop in your personal life versus your work life? Well, I mean, I literally just got the, the the work laptop, so I'm still in the process of setting it up. I will say this is what's interesting, um, and uh, no shade on like my, my my former employer or whatever, but like the way that they do like um, like uh, mobile device management, like an MDM mm-hmm. thing, you know, in terms of like controlling the system, has so much more overhead on the machine than what um, GitHub uh, uses mm-hmm. to, to the point that like, because GitHub uses a different um, service to like have like a, you know, a managed profile or whatever. And so for for managed device stuff, I was, even though I had 64 gigs of RAM 
a gig and a half of it, I think, was taken up with with just the MDM stuff. And then there were other things that were, um, you know, running for, for work things that even though the machine was fast and obviously it's very fast and recording on it uh, now and I, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it, it wasn't one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, this is so much better than what I was using before. Whereas when I don't have it in tuned, I'm like, oh, OK, actually, this is snappier. So um, I'm, I'm going to have it's going to have to be a little more time for me to kind of compare the, the two differences. I have a feeling that even though I have like a, a max on one and a pro on the other um, and and just to clarify something, because uh, um, I might not have made this clear because Brie put this um, out there. If individuals are trying to buy the max, I think that it's about six weeks now if you're wanting to order one. But for businesses who are, you know, ordering 100 plus who are, you know, ordering in the hundreds. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Like if you don't have a direct connection with, with, um, Apple and even I think like getting people directly talking to Apple, I don't even know if they have the numbers they're able to do. That's when like we're here in like four to six months, Mm -hmm. which is just ridiculous. But anyway, I I mean, here in Boston, it was showing I could get one tomorrow, but maybe that's just local stock that my Apple store happens to have. Uh, I was very surprised by that. Right, which which is also though that's like like yeah I I I'm getting six weeks um it, there aren't any locally but but again like if you're trying to procure a hundred of them that's a very different thing than like you can't like like I'm not I don't have the option of just going to a store and buying one for instance like it, it needs to be procured so they can pre-install like an image on it and, and ship it to me and have like the enterprise Apple Care and and all that stuff but um in terms of the, the differences between the two I I don't really know yet. I That's going to be open to kind of seeing things. I will say though, I did not, I'm kind of having FOMO a little bit. I kind of wish that maybe mm-hmm. I'm kind of wondering like, should I have bought the 16 inch? No, you don't for a personal laptop. Like, I mean, you're always going to have the work laptop if you want to use a 16 inch laptop. That's why I kind of like my I mean, my my situation, I have the, uh, I still have a 2015 laptop for my personal, but it's the fifth, fifth what are you 12 12 12 is the small size <laughs> the 12 or 13 inch one uh and i i just really like having it as an option even though at this point i will gravitate towards either my work laptop which is uh, perfect in nearly every way or alternately my ipad um which is something i've just been taking to a lot to like browse the internet or watch shows or what have you uh use discord <laughs> yeah. So as long as we're talking about the 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 MacBook, I want to talk about something I bought from Apple this yeah. week that was it was completely it was completely like extravagant, but I it was very much worth it. So my setup for work is I do use my MacBook on an external monitor with a keyboard. And something that drives me absolutely crazy is uh I have a very long password on my computer. Right. So if I'm buying something with Apple Pay or trying to log into a meeting or using one password, you know, I leave my laptop closed right next to my desk and then I have to open it up and then do Touch ID and then close it and do all of that. So I finally paid Apple their $200 for a, an external keyboard with Touch ID built into it. Um, it's identical to the one that comes with the iMac Pro, you know, it's mm-hmm. black, but it is, you know, for, 
paying $200 for touch ID unquestionably sucks. Like that's too much to pay for it. But it's one of those things that you use like, you know, 10, 20 times a day that uh, I really, I feel like it's worth it. And, you know, for my workstation, I'm glad I spent that money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that um, I, if you're using it primarily in like a clamshell mode, I think I, I can agree with you. I can find that being um, uh, useful. It's interesting because we use YubiKeys at um, GitHub. You can also use your your um, fingerprint sensor as uh, your your two factor thing, but um, they they sent us um, YubiKeys, and I wonder if for people who didn't want to use, um, who didn't want to spend two hundred dollars, if spending fifty dollars on a YubiKey might be better option, at least with, with certain types of apps, like assuming you could get it to work with it because then it would have like the, be able to kind of act as the second factor thing. Um, although now I'm doing the math in my head, I'm like, okay, that's going to be a hundred dollars. If you want to get the, the UBQ, the USB-C and the lightning on each end, you're already halfway there. And yeah. you can't use it to log into your Mac when you wake it up. Right. You might as well just, just get the, the overpriced, um, keyboard. That's that's annoying. Like that is one of the nice things that Windows does is that you can get biometric sensors that are FIPS compliant and that are absolutely as secure as what Apple is doing. Mm. Um and and you can get them that they can plug in, you know, um externally. Uh you, you can get external fingerprint sensors. You can also get they also have, you know, like uh, um, uh, the equivalent of a face ID. So um, uh, Windows Hello. So which which would also be very nice if you, you know, uh, could just look into a camera and um, and you can even have an external Windows Hello camera. So uh, those are things that that I wish that Apple would maybe be better at. But, yeah, that's that's good to know that you like the the um, the new black uh, keyboard um, that uh they have the touch ID sensor on that they're selling separately. It's a good partner with my MacBook. Uh, I, I want to talk at some point about using a DSLR as a webcam because I have a lot to say about that too, but we need to move on. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by Electric. When leading your small business, it's not all glamour. In fact, sometimes it's a matter of spending hours trying to find a laptop lost in the mail for a new hire or dealing with some other technical emergency, which you're well equipped to deal with, but maybe you don't have the time. The team over at Electric know small businesses, maybe like yours, face these challenges. That's why they've solved this problem for you by operating as your IT department. Instead of spending your time sorting through unused application licenses, setting up employee laptops, and answering never-ending IT questions from your team, you can build that dang empire. With Electric acting as your IT department, you can get back to doing what you are good at. Plus, you get a really cool IT platform to see and manage everything. Oh, my God. We have a whole uh, floating license system for Red Giant, uh, which is a like a, a graphics plugin for Premiere at our work. And so, you know, all the video editors trying to get their, their Red Giant licenses activated. And <sighs> I swear to God, somebody spends hours and hours every single day just being like, Hey, like tr- freeing up licenses and trying to let other people grab the licenses before right. they're snatched up again. Um, it, yeah, and if you're working for a small company and you don't have a whole IT internal IT department, something like that can really just ruin your freaking day. And then everyone is mad because, of course, when you're a video editor and you're trying to get your red giant license activated so you can do the silly little color changing effect that you want to do and it's not working, it's infuriating. <laughs> 
<laughs> and maybe you take it out on, on people over Slack a little bit and you try not to, but it's just kind of annoying and not well explained. Let Electric deal with that for you. For Rocket listeners, Electric are offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash rocket. That is electric.ai slash rocket. Go there now and get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. Our thanks to Electric for their support of this show and Relay FM. Dessert today <laughs> is going to be fast. Brianna and I have both seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Yes, we have. And Christina, you have not, but... I have not, but I want to hear... Look, A, I don't... I mean, spoilers, I'm not really worried about for, for this film. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to be honest with you... Um, Sonic uh, fights Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Um, no, but but, I, but I've, been, I've been curious. I, it, it, is it fair to say that we were all... Like pleasantly surprised with both Detective uh, Pikachu and Sonic the Hedgehog that like these movies were not terrible. Let me be honest with you. I actually didn't see the first Sonic the Hedgehog. Brianna, did you see it? Of course I did, because I love video games. Oh, man. I made time to do it. Okay, but see, that's even better. So, so okay, so, so, so Simone, why did you go out to see Sonic the Hedgehog 2? I'm presuming you saw it in theaters. I did. I saw it because my coworker Pat interviewed Ben Schwartz, and Ben Schwartz gave us two tickets to the New York premiere. Oh. And Pat said, Does anyone want to come with me to see Sonic? And I said, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did enjoy it though. There were definitely there were two things that I imagine would have been cleared up for me had I seen the first movie and or played a single Sonic game. Um, and <laughs> one of them... Wait, 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 wait. never played game? a Sonic game? No. No. Get off this podcast right <laughs> okay, now. Oh, okay, look, 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 look. I understand <laughs> that you weren't allowed to have access to video games and blah, 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 blah. So I understand you're not playing the Genesis games. They're I get too it. fast and, and, for me. I watched my best friend play one of them once, and they were going right. so fast, and it was confusing. Wh- wh- 100%, and that's kind of the whole thing. It's the rings. It's 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 a... I'm going to be completely honest and maybe get kicked off the podcast too. Not the best platformer. I think Mario is a star, is far superior platformer. Oh, no, I completely agree. It's a bad but, game. It's not a bad game. It's a flawed game. That's not but, as good as Mario. Yeah. But, but Sonic Adventure is freaking great. Yes. Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, and those were available on the GameCube and the Wii and like the Dreamcast and all kinds of stuff. So... I I I understand not playing the old school games. I get that. I just don't understand how you were able to avoid Sonic Adventure. Because I didn't want to. Because Sonic Adventure, I have to say, real freaking good. Wait, is that the one where you can like raise those little animals? Yes. That's yep. the one the I watched my best friend play. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Have yeah. you played Final Fantasy Tactics? No, of course not. You think I'm smart? Have, you think I play you, tactics <laughs> games? Have you played Final Fantasy VII? Yes. Uh, okay. Yes, have you played we've... Metroid? Have you played Metroid? No. Oh, my God. F-Zero? That's an airplane game. No, uh, it's a racing it's really not. game. That's a it's racing a, game. It's a racing game. Yeah, it's a racing Legend, game. It's like Legend a space of racing. Zelda. Legend of Zelda. SNES. No. 
You've never played A Link to the Past? Oh, okay. I played God. the one that came out on the Switch that was remastered. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Oh okay, okay. Which, 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 was, which was the Game Boy one? Um, okay. I feel no, so no, that was, and those youthful. Were yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm just being honest with you right now. Um, and, I, and you've never played Earthbound, and, and I get that, and that's fine, and I, I don't. Is it, though? It, it's. Well, okay, look, it's my favorite game of all time. I was just but talking I also to someone under- the other week about how they're playing Earthbound. Cause is it on Switch now? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, and the prequel is too. I've heard it's really NES good. Um, yeah. it, Earthbound, Earthbound is the greatest game of all time, in my opinion. Like, in terms of RPGs, it's it's a... Oh, that boss I, I, music? Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So but good. then again, people have been telling me that Earthbound is good for over 10 years now. And have I done anything well, but, but, about it? Well, okay, well, this is what no, I'm saying. I, I haven't. I, Exactly. But here's what I was going to say. I totally understand not playing Earthbound. It is a quirky, weird game. It is, to me, like, it is my childhood. It has been my favorite game since it came out. But I understand, like, like I this is me flexing because it does annoy me that people are like, oh, I'm really into Earthbound. I'm like, you weren't into Earthbound in 1995. Shut up. I was. Um, but, yeah, it was a uh, hundred and something dollars at Walmart. Oh I gosh. stared at yeah. that box a ton <laughs> and was like, I want that, but I cannot justify spending that much money. Right. And, and, and I, I was 12 and I did spend that money. But anyway, I, um, really I setting say, though, a, a path for yourself there that was, would be repeated <laughs> over the look, course of all, your life. <laughs> this is absolutely true. Although I always had all the money. So I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I anyway. Okay. What this I was is say, so though, off topic. I just, it, it is. Yeah. Go ahead though. I was just going to finish this up. I understand you're not playing earthbound, but I do not understand you have an SNES mini. It's also available, I'm pretty sure, on the Switch. Simone, you have to play um, um, A Link to the Past. Yeah. Like, there, 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 there's, I, I'm sorry, but I, as, as a, a senior video producer at Polygon.com, the fact that you have not played A Link to the Past is a travesty, and, and you have to, like, alleviate this. Like, this is homework for you, and I'm, I'm serious. Yeah. How I am I supposed to stop playing Elden Ring? Okay, we're going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, no, no, too. No, no. I have to say this. This okay. would be like if you worked at the New York Times for the political section, you were like, what's the Supreme Court? <laughs> Uh, like, the difference on is that I know what a link to the past is. Court. I just haven't no, played it. <laughs> no, but you don't know. Like, but you don't know. Like, it's <sighs> okay. Okay, that wow, wow. I'm sorry to have hurt you all wow. like this. Like, I I know no. I'm a problematic personality. I take responsibility for my inaction yes. Yes. over the years. We, we all agree Simone is the problematic personality on I this I am definitely podcast. the worst person on this podcast, yes. and everyone uh, is saying this. No, but, like, Sonic is accessible game design. It's not Earthbound. Like, Earthbound is a commitment. Like, anyone right. can pick up Sonic and enjoy it. I, I'm not going to go over the same word. Okay, fine. The, the movie itself was charming and good and it's a kids movie but in the midst of covid i enjoyed it immensely jim carrey is literally doing the exact same physical gags he was doing on living color in the 90s the exact same motions yes from fire marshal bill 
all of that. It's a kid's movie. So it's kind of weird when you remember how upset people <laughs> got about In Living Color. But uh, he's just wonderful. Uh, uh, you know, Ben is amazing as Sonic the Hedgehog again. Uh, it, it's just a great film that left me feeling happy, which is the opposite of what doing uh, being on Twitter does. Mm-hmm. I had a surprising amount of fun with it. Uh, yeah. Even setting aside the things that I did not understand. Uh, I mm. will say we have we should have had 10 years ago a moratorium on characters, adult characters in mainstream films doing trendy dances as mm. gags. It's it's been a tired gag. Yeah, we're it's done never with been it. funny. It's, it's never, never been, been funny, funny to be honest. It's never been funny to watch like a an adult person break into like pop locking just for the just for the goofs and giggles of it. However, no. <laughs> unless I, you're I Carlton, that, unless yes. you're Carlton and you're doing the Carlton, that's that's the only way it's you allowed. And that. that's because everyone is laughing at Carlton, even though Alfonso Rivero is an amazing dancer. Sorry, go I on. I left that movie feeling weirdly attracted to Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's what I said when I figured oh, that out. No. Yeah, it, I was like midway through and I was oh, like, no, you're like, oh, I kind of want to you're like, you're like, you want to bang a Robotnik. Wow. No, I just want to like gaze at Robotnik. I was like this. There's something happening to me. What's ha- what is this feeling? He has a presence. I he has I a lot of charisma. Presence. Yeah. And, and I mean, he's married to Jane McCarthy, right? Is he so, still? No. I think no, they no, 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 no. Yeah, they, 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 they are not together. She's been married to Dan to, to Donnie right, Wahlberg right, for like right, right, right. for like ten okay. years. Yes, you're right. And as a Bostonian, I should know that. So okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> oh my god, you're breaking, you're ruining the segment, Simone. I can't. You're derailing it. You haven't played Sonic. You're attracted to Dr. Robotnik. I, I can't do anything with this. I, I can't. You know, when you click on a celebrity's Wikipedia page and you, of course, see the ever valuable personal life section, what you don't uh-huh. like to see underneath that is chapters headed depression, dual uh-huh. citizenship relationships, <laughs> wrongful death lawsuits, vaccine skepticism, and political and spiritual views. Yeah, no, you're you're completely correct, but also he's a weird ass dude. Yeah. But in a way that that I totally get like look, I feel like you guys would have a very tumultuous and and very like hot burning romance and then you would like be done with it. But I also just I I, I see you dating a weirdo like that. I just do. Thanks. Like I, I mean that with true love. Like honestly, like I feel like it'd be like a great spectacle, and and it would be like I totally see. Yeah, maybe I, you I, could I, just start with Doctor Robotnik's spectral form, like and then build up. You know that yeah. could work. Um, I'd like to offer one more piece of trivia. Uh, Carrie even sparked an international event on March thirty first, twenty nineteen, posting a drawing criticizing fascism by depicting Benito Mussolini. Um, this irked Mussolini's granddaughter, <laughs> Alessandra, who chided him on Twitter. Oh, no. Mussolini's granddaughter is, is, is trying to, how dare you shame my, my, my grandfather who, you know, was responsible for my war criminal grandfather. Um, exactly. So, so the Sonic so I movie. I ask, as, as someone who is not familiar with the Sonic games, like all the 
the moments of the movie must have meant like nothing to you. Like when Sonic is riding on the tops of Tails' plane, you're probably just like... No, that meant like, something to me. Okay. I was like, I've seen that happen before. Okay. I've seen that. What about, and I'm sorry for spoilers, okay, but there's me. a point where Sonic turns into supersonic. Did that mean anything to you? No, I looked at that and I thought Sonic is Goku. What about the ending of the movie where they're like, hi, we're setting up Sonic 3 and oh no, here's this secret mysterious project. Did that mean anything to you? Ooh, that meant something to me because people are hot for that situation. I'm trying not to spoil things because I know we're not supposed to. Okay, okay. Wait, another thing. Here's another little fact. So I walked out of that movie also understanding why so many people have a crush on Knuckles. What? People ever? That's, ew. People, many people are saying that Knuckles is hot. Oh, God. Okay. I mean, people should be honored by that. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, mean, look, I, 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 I can't find any anthropomorphic character hot oh, um, and, uh, other than when we did our Pokemon, um, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, be rating. Um, Darn it, Christina. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, I couldn't remember what euphemism we used in its place. And so sorry, I, but that is what we did. Um, but, you know, I, I can see that. I can see Knuckles being mm-hmm. like people being down with Knuckles. Absolutely. Now, um, what I had, oh, Many children were in my screening, and I oh, assume that those children did also did not play many of the original Sonic games, but they were having a hoot and holler and good time. That's yeah. what all the fart jokes were for. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've got the references to the Genesis games for mom and dad and fart jokes for the kitties, and there were a lot of fart jokes. Okay, so I, I really resonated with the child's viewing of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> wait, wait, no, which is what you want. I mean, I was going to say, I would probably would have laughed at the, the fart jokes. Also, um, I don't know, it's weird, because I see little kids all the time, they know Mario, like they know like some of those things, and I'm like, you are three years old, you've never played a Mario game. Um, but they know, they know these characters. So I wonder like if, if like a Sonic has a animated series, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? So like, I wonder like if they're, if they're getting it through osmosis that way, I'm always curious about that. I mean, I guess I'll find out with my nephew, but like, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. Like it's, it's interesting. So I saw some discussion of this on Twitter about the general, uh, comparing the Sonic and Mario brands. And obviously I think when it comes to place in the gaming canon, even though they're both, very like they loom they both loom large but i think mario has the bigger footprint there in terms of like what we consider a more universal classic game experience however i saw some discussion on twitter to in the vein of like sonic has actually had the bigger impression outside of games like with the successful tv series with more branding opportunities like especially in the 90s when sonic was at his biggest and edgy edgiest and I wanted to know what you two thought of that and about, I guess, Sonic versus Mario's general success and cachet outside of of gaming. I think that, uh, I mean, not to get all geeky and historical, but like Nintendo made a very deliberate choice in the SNES era and the marketing of that like to remain a children's friendly brand forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those, what the console wars were about. Um, 
And, you know, when Sega died, uh, they found their Archie comics and kind of the Sonic legacy, like TV shows being one of the few profitable things that for the last 20 years, you know, uh, those comic books have been wildly successful, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I think at this point, it's less about uh, a beef that two companies had each other in the 90s. And I think both are essentially just brands at this point. And both Mm -hmm. are beloved, in my opinion. Yeah. And and I would say too, you know, at this point, because you've had so many crossovers between the two because of of the fact that Sega, you know, died and, and just became kind of a, a licensing, you know, thing, um, so, so to speak. And and the fact that I would I would guess at this point more people who are, you know, have been born in the last well, actually there's there's no um question about it. If you were born in the last 20 years, you have played uh Sonic games on Nintendo systems. Hmm. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Yeah. Think about true. that. Like that, that's, that's actually kind of a, 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 like a, like for, for, for people who, um, are, you know, are even 30 years old, like that's, that's kind of like a, a, like a complete, like mind blowing sort of thing. But if it's been the last 20 years, if you've played a Sonic game and if you've interacted with any of those properties, it is almost certainly been on a Nintendo, on a Nintendo system, even though it's mm-hmm. been on the, the PlayStation, the Xbox as well, the audience it's for to clearly been aligned so yeah i think that uh the the rivalry as hot as it was isn't really a thing but yeah obviously i think mario's a much bigger place in the canon it's just always shocking to me i mean although sonic doing as well as it has made me very happy but it is like i think that that just kind of unfortunately portends how huge the chris pratt super mario brothers movie is going to be oh what a misstep i totally put that out of my mind i know i know the worst chris is is going to be mario but you know uh mario films you know a flop before but i don't think it's going to this time just because i literally see little kids all the time who are wearing the merch and i was wearing mario stuff when i was a little kid you know when i was like four years old so like it's one of those things where like literally for 30 years this has been like it's never gone away um, uh, but, but I'm, I'm glad that the kids in the audience enjoyed Sonic. Like that makes me happy. I'm glad they liked the fart jokes and I'm glad that they liked the, the colors I'm assuming mm-hmm. and the fast moving stuff. I'm really excited for the Mario movie, not for Chris Pratt as Mario, but for Anna Taylor joy as princess peach. Oh, I she forgot about has, that. She has a dark streak that is really, really, really underrated. She played uh, Morgan uh, in this like low-budget horror movie made by uh, Ridley Scott's son that was really intense where she was just a flat-out child killer. Mm. And then, uh, I don't want to spoil Last Night at Soho, which is an excellent horror movie. It is always so... You will love it because it's weird. And it's not like slasher movie weird. It's like psychological mystery weird. It is excellent. She's got a dark streak that she can really pull off. And that's the Princess Peach that I'm interested <laughs> in. Like one that's just, you know, she'll be sweet. Yeah, you push I, her just a little too far and she will murder you. I <laughs> like, freaking adore her. I yes. think she's brilliant and fascinating uh, as a person. Hey, This episode of Rocket is brought to you by CrowdStrike. Here's an unsettling fact for you. 70% of cyber attacks are targeted at small to mid-sized businesses. 
You might be wondering how serious a cyber attack even is, although maybe not if you're listening to our show. Well, about half of businesses will become unprofitable within a month of being breached. Cybercriminals know that smaller businesses may not have the resources to defend themselves from ransomware and malware. This makes smaller companies an easy target, and the ransoms collected can add up quickly. If you want to better protect your business, CrowdStrike has a solution for you. Falcon Pro by CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity solution to your small business needs. It provides superior prevention from cyber attacks, detects malicious activity, and offers immediate response capabilities for your business. And it's all fully deployed in just minutes to protect your organization. Falcon Pro provides features like antivirus protection, firewall management, device control, and integrated threat intelligence all-in-one cloud-based solution. With Falcon Pro, your systems are protected against all cyber threats, not just malware. Even when devices aren't connected to the internet. And you can say goodbye to sluggish antivirus scans and inconvenient reboots that delay your team's productivity. Rated 4.9 out of 5 by Gartner Peer Insights, CrowdStrike is the cybersecurity your team needs. Head to crowdstrike.com slash rocket to start a 15-day free trial. That is crowdstrike.com slash rocket for a free 15-day trial of CrowdStrike Falcon Pro. Our thanks to CrowdStrike for their support of this show and Relay FM. Brianna, what are you up to this week? I'm up to too much. I have three major projects uh, going on right now. In addition to my job where I'm trying to work an entire campaign in five weeks on like a fire drill schedule. In addition to that, I have another thing that we're launching. It's been a long-term project. That's going to launch in about three or four weeks. And on top of that, I have another major fundraiser, which... I talked to you about yesterday, Simone. Yeah. Thank you for that. Excited. That I'm trying to do, and it's a lot of work. I am putting in 60-hour weeks Jeez. currently, and I'm losing my mind. So uh, a lot of stuff. Unfortunately, I cannot tell you about any of it yet. But we will be talking about it. Yes. Yes. In Can't the wait. show, we'll hear about it. It's exciting. <laughs> um, hey, Christina, what about you? What are you up to? Uh, I am still settling in at the new job, which is great. I'm getting my work laptop set up and um, I just got getting some kind of content created and getting settled with those things and and possibly maybe going to see Sonic the Hedgehog too. I don't know. I, where, 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 where did we land on that? Like, is it? Is I it, like it. Yeah. You like it? I mean, it? there, there okay. are so many movies that are in theaters right now that I actually want to see and I would put, I would point at, um, Everything Everywhere All at Once and RRR, the um the Indian film that's action film that's in theaters right now is maybe higher priorities for seeing okay, a thing on enough. a big screen. However, good it, I enjoyed Sonic. It was fun. Okay. I, All right, I would say enough. Lost City as far as just being a comedy. Oh, I need and being to see fun, that. It is really, really cute. I really I'm, like I'm that. gonna be seeing that next week for sure. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so probably not seen Sonic the Hedgehog two. Although I look forward to watching it on uh, HBO Max or or whatever service it winds up coming to. Um, and yeah, but that's basically it. Just got, like I said, still settling in with with work stuff, which is going great. But it's just a lot of drinking out of the fire hose. Yep. Um, I put out a video on my my freaking personal YouTube channel this week. Woo-hoo! Randomly, that's what I've been doing. Uh. <laughs> I made an offhanded joke like around you know, in January when uh, the copyright lapsed on The Sun Also Rises that I should make a video ranking all of the new covers that publishers are putting out this year. And I followed through on that. 
Um, but I followed through by filming a video like in January or February. I think it was February, early February. Uh, I shot for two hours and I finally, finally, finally edited it down to 30 freaking minutes and posted Whoa. that <laughs> on my personal channel. I have way too much to say about Ernest Miller Hemingway, born Oak Park, Illinois, 1899. Um, but I had a lot of fun making it. So it's just a silly little thing. So if you'd like to hear me talk about that, you can do that um, at youtube.com slash Simone DeRoche for weirdly enough. Yeah. Bonkers. Can I give you a compliment about about this hobby of yours? Yeah. I, I was really thinking about this. I had a tweet last night because I was really thinking about what summarizes Gen X, of which I'm like the last year you can be Gen X. And it's my personal theory that our our gestational diet of Jerry Springer and Beavis and Butthead and MTV led to an America where a comic book movie is the only profitable kind of film you can make these days. Wow. That's my theory about Gen X. I really appreciate that you find that much inspiration in fine literature. I think it's it's something I really respect about you. Thank you. Specifically one book. it's actually the only book i've ever read (laughs) i'm kidding i'm very smart and educated hey brianna where can we find you online you can find me on brianna on twitter and christina you can find me at film underscore girl on the twitters and the instagrams and i'm not sure when but you will be able to find videos of me on uh youtube at youtube.com slash github and i'm putting that in the show notes so people can subscribe now you can find me on twitter instagram and big sigh tiktok at doom quasar and my videos at youtube.com slash polygon Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocket. If you liked it, I hope you'll leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Hey, hey. Um, And thank you so much, those of you who have done that. We really appreciate it. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Terminated.